This is where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. We have a special international weekend review starring all of your favorites, Unscientific America, Reasonable Switzerland, and Gender Bending England. It's the must-see blockbuster of the year. The Super Socialist Party, the NDP, is not to be outdone by the regular Socialist Liberals, with leader Jagmeet Singh calling for more internet censorship and more totalitarian control. I guess commie's just going to commie. And finally, January 14th will be the second Drag Queen Story Hour protest at the Peterborough Library, and we have Ben Inglis, an elder at Hill City Baptist Church, to tell us about it. I'm thankful for brothers who heed Proverbs 24:11. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. You know, no, no matter how crazy the world gets this week, and um, it's pretty crazy, my birthday is on Thursday, so I'm in a pretty darn good mood. It's January 10th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck, and this is the Liberty Dispatch. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks again for joining us on the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. You'll have to forgive my voice today. I'm getting over a cold, but nevertheless, we press forward. Wherever you're getting our content from, we would just ask that you like, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're on YouTube, smash that subscribe uh, button. Smash that notification button. If you're on Rumble, hit that subscribe button to all our various shows because that helps you stay in touch with us and stay informed on our various episodes and the like. Also, be sure to go over to the FLF network. That's the Fight, Laugh, Feast network, which we are on with a, a, so many other wonderful podcasts. So you're definitely going to want to check out all the shows over there as well as get the Fight, Laugh, Feast app which you can get from the Google app or uh, the Apple app store, Google play Apple app store, and you can get all our content on demand on that very app, which is super handy and super efficient. So definitely go over there and check that out. Also, you're going to want to go over to our website to check out all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Be sure at the bottom of the page to sign up to our email list so you can stay in touch with us, stay informed of everything we're doing, not just shows and commentary, but our various initiatives like Biblical Sexuality Sunday, this coming up uh, Sunday, and then also the many uh, different legal advocacy things we're doing as well, which we're going to have shows this week that are going to highlight that aspect of what we're, we're doing as well. So we do a lot over here. So you're definitely going to want to go over our website. And while you're over there, we would just ask that you would consider prayerfully making a donation to Liberty Coalition Canada as we continue to grow and build so we can fight back against mainstream media lies and against our government 
overreach and overweening behavior. Um, there's so much to do as Canadians. We're late to the fight, um, but I know that you've woken up and that's why you're checking out the program. So we would pray uh, that you would be able to, if, if you find it in your heart, leave a donation. You can also scan the QR code at the bottom of the page. And if you want to contact us directly, we've heard from so many of you, Go to info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And if you want a question to be answered on our podcast, be, be sure to go over to our mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com as well. We would suggest that you go do that. Yeah, for our for our mailbag, maybe uh, maybe this week, let's talk about sex. I mean, that's uh, that's that's there you go. That's what's happening this week. So if you want to let me let me qualify that before. Did you think I the Christian minister was going to say that? Right. I want to I want to qualify that before. Well, I am preaching on on sexuality this Sunday, but I want to yes. qualify that. Reach out to us mailbag at Liberty and give us your thoughts on drag queen story hour protests where right? we know you we know you despise drag queen story hour because we don't like the idea of sexualizing and grooming our children <laughs> but give us your thoughts on the drag queen story hour protest are you for it are you against it is it a good idea have you been to one has it gone sour let us know about that and maybe let us know about this sunday as well biblical sexuality sunday is your church in are they not if you're a pastor are you preaching on it if you're not why not Let's uh, comment below too. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Comment. Let's blow up this, uh, this week's episodes with comments (laughs) about all of that that is happening. And we need to, uh, before we queue up our weekend review, we need to tell you about our friends over at resistance coffee, a little bit of history for you history buffs following the Boston tea party, American Patriots saw it as their civic duty to wean themselves off of tea in order to stick it to King George and his unlawful taxes. John Adams, who would become the second president of the United States, told his wife in a letter, tea must be universally renounced. I must be weaned, and the sooner, the better. Resistance Coffee Company is bringing back the connection between coffee and liberty. That's why they give a portion of every sale to organizations fighting for the constitutional freedoms of Canadians. Resistance Coffee carefully roasts only specialty grade coffee beans. By the way, they make really, really good thermoses. This is their ammo green resistance thermos. I have some defund the CBC in here. Just delicious stuff. Mm, so because they're roasting specialty grade coffee beans, you're only getting the very best coffee. Make Resistance Coffee your drink of freedom today and go to resistancecoffee.com LCC to get 10% off your first purchase and continue to use that slash LCC even after your first purchase. So they know that we sent you. Absolutely, Andrew. So here we are, beginning of the week. What do we do? We queue up the week in review. So as you made mention, Andrew, we are as we do from time to time, are queuing up an international version of our Week in Review because the stories outside of our nation are pretty crazy. And that includes, believe it or not, the U.S. extending their injection mandate for international travelers until April 10th 
2023. This is truly amazing because all that we know about the vaccine and its inability to stop the spread of COVID, it's totally ineffective and it's actually dangerous. Um, not only that, but COVID is freely spreading and proliferating across America as we speak. So it's not as though they're keeping COVID out of the country. None of this makes sense. It's totally unscientific garbage. But this is right from the TSA itself. Together with the presidential proclamation and the CDC order, these policies are intended to limit the risk that COVID-19 including variants of the virus that cause COVID-19, is introduced, transmitted, and spread into and throughout the United States, potentially overwhelming United States healthcare and public health resources, endangering the health and safety of Amer the American people, and threatening the security of our civil aviation system. So there you have it. It's you know not only really, China, it's yeah. every international uh, traveler has to be jabbed to get into the United you know States what, of America. You know what really threatens to overwhelm the uh, public health care resources? How about the countless illegal migrants coming from the southern border who, by the way, do not require <laughs> proof of injection? So, like, this, is, this isn't even a comedy, right? This isn't even like watch – like this – like my, my kids, so over over the Christmas time, we we talked about this on the Liberty Lounge. Our house is full of Christmas, music, baking, and movies. We consume so many Christmas movies of all varieties. And my kids and I were watching Mr. Bean's Holiday. Now, the thing about Mr. Bean, it, I mean, first of all, Rowan Atkinson is a brilliant comic. But the thing about Mr. Bean that's painful is he lacks self-awareness. Like everyone looks at Mr. Bean and sees he's bumbling, he's awkward, he doesn't know what he's doing, he sticks out, but he is so, he, he lacks self-awareness. He doesn't understand that this is who he is, and this is part of the comedy and part of the awkward comedy. The United States is Mr. Bean, and Canada is Mr. Bean. We're all Mr. Bean. Nations have become Mr. Bean, except as we're going to see Switzerland very shortly. Switzerland is a little more reasonable. But in this instance, the United States is Mr. Bean, that they don't realize just how utterly ridiculous, irrational, and nonsensical they are. Like the scene from Mr. Bean's Holidays where he's eating a crab and he's eating the actual shell because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's, he's a fool. He's a buffoon. This is the United States. Like you mm -hmm. said, Matt, the jabs don't work. No. And they do more damage. <laughs> the mandates do nothing lockdowns did harm and it would be one thing if they were being consistent mm -hmm. but the fact that they're letting in illegal migrants in droves from the southern border without checking for injection proof mm -hmm. is silly i when, when this story broke i had someone who messaged me on facebook heartbroken because she hasn't been able to see her children for two years now because she can't travel south of the border and yeah. personally i mean it's not as it's not as heartbreaking for me but there's this little tinge of, I used to have a P.O. box just over the border, 20 minutes away, stuff from Amazon, who I don't buy from anymore because they're so woke. But Christian Book will ship stuff and shipping's free in the States and it's cheap. And I drive over and I go into Watertown and I go to IHOP and I go to Ollie's and I buy some discount stuff and make a whole day of it with the family. It would be fun. And 
if we're really adventurous, we'd stay overnight in a hotel. And like those days are over. Mm -hmm. We haven't done that in three years. It's just crazy. Yeah. And a lot of people have been mentioning how this is just, again, further um, harming the tourism industry in the United States of America, which does really make it a powerhouse of a nation because people from countries all over the world flock to America. But this is just putting, again, undue burden on people to travel into America. Now, people have been able to get around a lot of these mandates and everything. Um, but still, the fact that they're continuing on with this until uh, April 10th, 2023 is just absolutely absurd. It's unscientific nonsense. Why April 10th? It's, What's the significance about it, April 10th? Because it's way? all ideologically driven, right? This is political science. It's not science. But that leads us into our second story, Andrew, because apparently one country can look at science and make good conclusions from clear scientific evidence, and they're not more interested in playing political science than... It's all the chocolate they make. I think that's what it is. I think there's a correlation between <clears throat> between Swiss chocolatiers and... I uh, think and it has why, more to do... Should... I think it has more to do with the Genevan uh, Reformation and the ghost, uh, the shadow thereof, than it does with the chocolate. Oh, but the ghost of John Calvin? Yeah, yeah. The ghost of John Calvin is still, despite um, maybe where where the country's at nowadays, it's still haunting the Swiss in a in a positive way. Um, mm -hmm. But the story that I speak of, Andrew, is the fact that. Switzerland has officially rejected a third gender or no gender off uh, option on their official records. The Swiss government on Wednesday rejected the idea of introducing a third gender option to these records. Responding to two proposals from Parliament, the governing federal council said the binary gender model is still strongly anchored in Swiss society. There's some problems with the wording there because it's saying that it's just a matter of convention right now that we're not going to switch it, but nevertheless continues. The social preconditions for the introduction of a third gender or for a general waiver of the gender entry into civil registry currently are not there. So that's what I'm saying. This is making this a matter of uh, convention. So it's not as big as a win as some might think. But there is still a strong uh, cadre of, of people in Switzerland who understand the reality that despite what so many of their European counterparts and countries like Canada and America have done, um, that it's clear. Science that has not been captured by radical left leftist says actual science shows two sexes with small one with small mobile gametes and the other with large immobile gametes um there's a clearly a male female distinction and there is no third sex and disorders of sexual development do not count as new sexes we know that they are um disorders that they they are abnormalities they they are a result of the fall um damaging 
the created order, um, damaging human sexuality, just in the same way we understand that human beings have two arms, two feet, two legs, ten fingers, ten toes, um, but not all human beings are born like that. We understand that, obviously, there's abnormalities, but those abnormalities do not negate the normality of God's good design. So that's something we have to understand, and I'm thankful that Switzerland um, uh, does understand that. Two quick thoughts. The first one is uh, Small Mobile Gametes sounds like the name of an early 90s alt-rock band whose music would have been featured on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I just That's the first thought. Second thought is my first entrance or my first connection or exposure to Jordan Peterson was him speaking about Scandinavian countries who've tried to go completely gender neutral and have seen that when they do that, people revert back to traditional gender roles. And so he was talking about places like Sweden, like Finland, like Norway, and by them becoming the most gender neutral countries, so removing any gender distinctions on official records or for jobs or whatever, they just kind of flatten out all the distinctions he was saying that what these countries have seen is that at higher rates, women will revert to traditional female gender roles and men will do likewise. Just affirming, like you've said, Matt, with regards to the 10 fingers and 10 toes, that there is something that is normal, or as the scriptures would say, is according to nature. It is natural, or as good creationists would say, it is by design. There is a design for human function. There's almost almost an instruction manual placed at the center of each of our cells yeah. to tell our bodies what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Creation is rightly. God rigged. Uh, right. The, it, it's it's normal processes yeah. and natural functions that <laughs> would play out unless, like you said, there's some sort of abnormality or defect because of disease or something went wrong. Or in the case of the madness of the West, forcing mm. boys to be girls and girls to be boys. But if you let it play out, People will naturally be the way that God has made them to be. And so at the very least, like you said, even though it's not the sort of win we want, at least the Swiss government, aside from bringing us delicious chocolate, and because of their Swiss privacy laws, the email and VPN that I use, who I'm not going <laughs> to say their names until they agree to be sponsors for the show. I petition them. I'm not going to tell, tell them who I use yet. Anyways, until they agree to be I want to give yeah. a shout out. Dr. P. Andrew Sandlin, Creational Worldview. If you want to know more about what Andrews just spoke of, um, how the the universe is God-rigged, how created norms of male and female are embedded in the structure of creation, all these things, pick up this book. It's a helpful introduction. It'll help you think through those issues that way, and it's um, – super important for us to understand because mm -hmm. we have to both understand that creation is good, but that we are in an abnormal state because of the fall of man, which uh, likewise took creation into the fall with it. So those are two truths you have to understand to, uh, you know, really have a biblical, well-informed worldview that actually can account for what really is going on in reality around us. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what we would call it quickly before we get into the third story, what we would call yeah. it is, and this is what the third story is going to reject um, is 
or what I'm calling, at least for the month of, of January, is we've talked about this, is I'm I'm preaching through something calling a creational cosmology. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. what so the, the the nature, design, origin, and purpose in the of the universe, yeah. and then to life itself. You have to start with creation because when you do, you'll see laws that govern the world, moral laws, economic laws, laws of logic, yeah. biological laws, laws of physics, mm-hmm. um, and God's put those into creation. Yeah. And then yeah. that affects everything, marriage, sexuality, yeah. and, everything. is. And the cosmos is such a good word because it, it really speaks the orderly nation, nature of God's good design. Um, more than maybe any other word, um, even though cosmology maybe is a difficult word for a lot of people, it's really important to understand God's good created design and how that fits within the broader story of the world, which is creation, fall, redemption, coming consummation. Um, so anyways, last story, and this is a shameful story, um, a man who is apparently the archbishop um, doesn't understand these basic things, Andrew. Um, third story, Archbishop of Canterbury refuses to scrap pro-trans guidance for Church of England. The Church of England guidance for their schools, including children as young as five, says the following. In creating a school environment that promotes dignity for all and a call to live fulfilled lives as uniquely gifted individuals. Pupils will be equipped to accept differences of all varieties and be gender um, and be supported to accept their own gender identity or sexual orientation and that of others. Schools must not discriminate either directly or indirectly against gender variant pupils pupils who are perceived to be gender variant or pupils with trans parents. In the context of a school, indirect discrimination could include an inflexible uniform policy that creates a particular difficulty for trans pupils. So there you have it. Apparently, the church that is um, infused with the state in England has nothing to say about transing the kids in the public schools there. Um, Isn't shameful. the Archbishop of Canterbury the highest-ranking clergy member in the Church of England? Yes. I mean, the head of the Church of England is the monarch. Yes. But isn't the, so the Archbishop of Canterbury is like number yes. two or the number one. He's the one Pope clerk. of Anglicanism. Right. For a lack of, I mean, it's not. Well, I mean, one the reality one, but... is it's, well, it's pre- pretty close enough. I mean, the. <laughs> Pope Francis, who says getting the jab is loving your neighbor, who issued those Vatican coins that had pictures of people rolling up their sleeves like that. Real, yeah. That wasn't a spoof. The picture, the article that this story comes from has the Archbishop of Canterbury with two masks on. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why would we be surprised that he's right. also for gender bending and also against God's good created designs and the norms that he created as well? We shouldn't be surprised. He's against science. He's against yeah. reality. He's against proper biblical cosmology. And this is apparently the leader of the um, Anglican Church. Good luck, Anglicans. Well, it's it's you know it. There's a there, there's a guy who comes to my church here who is a self-identified Reformed Anglican, which basically means Anglican, but very old-style Anglican. Like the history of Anglicanism for anyone who understands church history. 
the the Anglican Church, this was driven by reformational principles. I mean, these men who sought to not only translate the Bible into English and have a good translation for the people were trying to affect and influence the monarchs in England so that reformational principles would be laid to bear. The Book of Common Prayer, the 29 Articles of the Anglican Church, these are very reformed. These are very solid theologically, historically. And when most people think about the Anglican Church, what do they think? They think about rainbow, gender bending, just total flaky, squishy mainline church, which is what it's become by and large, even though the roots of it historically are so solid and so grounded in, in Reformation principles. So that's a little bit of sadness. But uh, incomplete. But it, Incom and, and, and that's what, uh, you know, the... the the Puritans realized this well, right? The Puritans were those who were trying to purify the Anglican Church. Um, even the Westminster Confession, which we we love those standards. I especially, as um, a Presbyterian, love those standards. Um, they were trying to push for a fuller Reformation, but due to political machinations and all sorts of things, and that back was and forth. forced. One monarch, on. one monarch would come to the throne who'd be favorable to. Reformation, and then you would have one who was who would kill Protestants, and so you had this back and forth. But but it also must time. be added, especially in the context of what we're talking about, church-state relations. We always talked about this. The monarch of England was worried about the Westminster Standards based off of its view of civil authority, because it's limiting, it's, yeah. it's limiting view of civil authority did not sit well with the British monarchs, because the Presbyterians were always a thorn in the side of those despots who would f f fancy themselves as divine rulers. Presbyterians always a thorn in the side, period. That's <laughs> a thorn in the Apparently, side. Apparently, uh, not anymore, period. though, sadly. You know, I, say, I, I, I say this as I'll be later today, I'll be uh, on air with the cross-politic boys. I'll make sure to <laughs> take that partial quote and apply it to them. No, I mean, the, the, the thoughts on the story are that it's, so here you have this guidance that's presented, which is so anti-biblical yeah, and so anti-God and anti-Christ. And you would think if anyone would say, hey, we can't we can't tell five year olds that you can choose whatever gender you want. And we can't tell them, you know, like, if, if it's if it's a girl who says I'm a boy and she's six and she's supposed to wear a, a kilt or a, a skirt for uniform and she says, no, but I'm a boy. I want to wear pants. The guidance says you can't tell them what to wear. You can't have strict uniform. Mm -hmm. You think if anyone, it would be the top clergyman in the, in the church that would say, yeah, yeah, we need to squash this. But he hasn't. But this is the state of mainline yeah. denominations. This is slowly becoming the state of mainline evangelicalism as well. It's just you can see this creep. You can see whether it's the revoice stuff, mm -hmm. whether it's the kind of tiptoeing and soft on gender yep. stuff. It's it's moving in this direction. Even those of a more robust theological camp, you can see that they're getting softer and cozying up to mm -hmm. this stuff, trying to position themselves to not be consumed by the woke monster, knowing that it's they'll just be put in prison later. That's and, all. They're again, Andrew, they're Andrew, Andrew, James Bond is after <laughs> us. And Andrew, for all those who would um, be talking about an established church or fear when we talk about the inescapable reality that all societies are a theocracy based on a divinity con concept. 
um, when people hear us say that and they think we're calling for some Islamic version of uh, like uh, of jihad and um, uh, of of like setting up a a Christian a law. church, Christian Sharia law. law. That's it. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, um, or trying to establish the the Christian church to rule over a nation or something like that. This goes to show you why established church um, churches are ineffective compromised and dangerous and why it's actually reformational principles working out in history that led to the disestablishment of churches because we don't believe in an ecclesiocracy where the church should be ruled by the uh, ruling the state we understand the different spheres of authority and we also believe in the necessary independence of church and state but that does not mean that Either one of them is outside the um, purview of God's divine law and his instruction for society. But again, this just goes to show we as Christians do not want an ecclesiocracy or some sort of amalgamation of the two because it leads to compromise. It leads to degradation. It's harmful to both church and state. So mm -hmm. despite what some might think we call for on the program, because we understand the theocratic nature of civil government, mm -hmm. that is not what we're calling for. And we wouldn't call for it because it's terrible for both church and state. Anyways. Well, what we're, what we're clearly seeing in this story is that you will always have some sort of God that will rule a nation. And right now for the church of England, the, the, the God of, sexual madness yeah. apparently has ascended to the throne and the God of the scriptures has been told to get out of the room. And mm -hmm. so all we're saying is if you're going to have a God on the throne that rules a nation, make it the true and living the one, true, <laughs> yeah. Bingo, the one who made the heavens and the earth yeah. by the word of his power, who is his son. Well, we're talking a lot about talking a lot about sex this episode and this week, maybe we should talk about money. The two of those often go, hand in hand when we're dealing with power and corruption and even as they're portrayed in media. So let's talk about money. Let's talk about bull Bitcoin, our uh, dear friends, Canada's most trusted Bitcoin exchange since 2013. It is a 100% self-funded company led and operated by incorruptible activists for individual liberties and freedom. At bull Bitcoin, security and privacy are priority. Customers' funds are transferred directly to their Bitcoin wallet in their own possession. With Bull Bitcoin, you never run the risk of losing your money. You own your money. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com LCC and get started with your account's creation today. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point to request assistance throughout the process. Take control of your money mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Our first story, do you want to, well, let, let, cause we have, we have a lovely video and I want to, I want to, I want to let our audience know if all you're doing is listening to it, then it's slightly less torturous. Although <laughs> it, it might, your ears might bleed. I mean, it's not as bad as if it were two minutes of our prime minister, but it's a close mm -hmm. second. Um, and if it's if it's a it's video, pretty bad. right, if you're watching it, what I'll say again is if you have if you have kids who are particularly triggered by seeing monstrous scenes in movies of 
terrible, evil creatures that are coming to devour you. You may want to ask your kids to leave the room. And if you yourself are personally susceptible to terror and anxiety while watching horror movies, you may want to just cover your eyes and shield them and just hear this. Mm -hmm. But uh, essentially, Jagmeet Singh, the NDP leader, uh, again, as, as I said in the Communist in, Party of Canada. Well, no, no, they're the super communist party, yeah, right? The, yeah, liberals are, the liberals are the regular communist party. Yeah. The Green Party is the green communist party. The NDP is the super, the orange, the super communist party. I mean, all and, my Dutch friends would have me believe that that the Dutch is super and orange is Dutch. So orange is the super communist party. <laughs> uh, he wants to push the liberals. So he wants to make the regular communists super communists mm -hmm. and push them toward enforcing even more internet censorship. So we have uh, two minutes of, it's a scene from a horror movie. Again, you just, you've been warned. So and, you can hear right and, from Andrew, him. Andrew, I just want to, I, I just want to jump in there because a lot of people are going to say, Oh man, these guys are speaking hyperbolically. What's with all this nonsense? What do they call the Demo the New Democratic Party communists? And it's like we're no, no, not Matt. speaking hyperbolically. Super communists. I'm yeah, super, yeah. I want to be clear. Sorry, I, I want anyone to misrepresent me. They are yeah. super communists. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, if you understand the origins of the NDP party, the Cooperative Commonwealth Federation, the CCF led by men like Tommy Douglas. I'm going to post in the description the Regina Declar the Regina Declaration, I think it's called, um, or Manifesto, one of the two. Either way, I'll post that in the descriptions below. You can read for yourself this declaration, which is their mission and vision statement, um, written during the 1930s in Canada, during the height of the Great Depression. It is... Karl Marx to a T. They were a communist party. And um, they use the Great Depression as a means to inculcate their views into society. But the CCF had to reband or rebrand and they got together with labor activist organizations and created the new party, which then became the new Democratic Party because people in Canada got wind of the fact, they, especially during the Cold War, that they were literally a communist party. And they fell out of favor in Canada because people understood what they were calling for was communism. Now, they tried to soften that by with the Winnipeg Declaration and with calling themselves social de democrats, but ideologically, they are no different. Maybe they are in a methodology, but not in an ideology than communists. So we're not speaking another, hyperbolically. No, there's another, I'll offer another piece of evidence as well if people want to think. Just go yeah. to the NDP's party platform website and start reading a picture of what their world looks like, which, which uh, uh, by the way, looks like a utopia. It looks like a Marxist utopia. But aside from that, start reading what they would want to see and then ask yourself this question. What countries in the world look closest to this and you'll find that the countries on those lists will be countries like cuba venezuela mm -hmm. china a little bit of russia now what is it matt i mean i'm not i'm not a <laughs> geopolitician but what 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 particular system of governance 
communism. It, it goes, oh, that's it's right. Com- okay. It's communism. So just like them. Thanks. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. So let's play the communist in orange, his comments, and we'll we'll comment on what His, what his, his turban is also orange, too. So right yeah. in with the... Yeah, no, the I, I mean, he's wearing orange. orange. Now, like, yeah. kudos to Jagmeet. Great beard. We, you know, we have to give credit where credit's due. He's got a it great beard. It is unfortunate. I, I wish he didn't have so nice of a beard because he's then, got a then great we could, beard. We could rag a great on him, beard. too, and the grays yeah. are coming in really well. Oh, we have, you know what? Well, it's an yeah, we're, beard. we're not going to hate in totality. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. give credit where credit's due. It looks pretty good. Jake Mead, thumbs up on the beard, thumbs down on the communism. Let's uh, check out <laughs> what he has to, has to say. Uh, Someone put that on his the, t-shirt. <laughs> the concern about foreign interference, I have to say, has been a, a legitimate concern, and more and more evidence has shown that that there is there's a number of layers of foreign interference that uh, that have happened or that have that have actions have taken place that are that are deeply troubling and we need to take that very andrew can i just say you can tell when somebody's spinning yarn when they can hardly get the words out of their mouth right he's he's trying to hedge when he's saying there's strong evidence for these things he's stumbling over his words because he knows it's not true i just want to point that out there can I point something out too really quickly, yes. which is a little bit bothersome? There are a lot of books behind him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's read. I mean, I don't think he's read all those books. And number two, I find that insulting because I also have a lot of books behind me. And uh, I kind of feel like he has, it looks like he has more books behind him than behind me, which makes him seem very intelligent, which is, uh, I don't know. I just find that to, I, I'm triggered by that. I just feel like it's a, <laughs> It's a little bit of a false flag. It's a little bit of propaganda. I wish I could um, see what books are behind him. Right. It's a little blurry. It would be interesting <laughs> to find out. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, continue. Seriously, uh, given given kind of the the approach of the current state, given the current state of Twitter, uh, I think that that has become uh, even more of a risk. Uh, certainly, given that uh, the approach that that. Uh, Elon Musk has taken. It's meant that a lot of workers have left. A lot of people that managed uh, Twitter and managed or tried Good to manage ridden. some of the Good misinformation have left, or the, uh, got fired, or or the the, the troublesome posts that that have been clearly identified as as hateful or as as misinformation. That the work that was done in the past to to limit that that work is no longer being done. So I think for that reason alone, the risk of of that platform being used for foreign interference def- certainly goes up. And with the, with the current approach uh, or with the proposal of lifting the, the ban on political uh, ads, I think that also increases. All of this really highlights how the government has a responsibility to play in making sure that social media platforms are adhering to, to proper guidelines around misinformation, around hate, and why we've been saying for a long time, the responsibility to keep people safe, to keep people safe from misinformation and radicalization can rest in the hands of private companies, has to be the government taking uh, responsibility. And for a long time, we've said that the Liberal government hasn't done the job of making sure platforms are doing, uh, are following the rules around making sure hate and misinformation aren't being spread. And so that, again, puts the ball or puts the responsibility back on the government to do what it should be doing. And and we're going to continue to put pressure on the government to do this, properly prevent hate and misinformation from being spread on social media platforms. 
Wow. Wow. So I just, really quickly, there's one wow. thing I didn't notice this the first time I listened to it that he just said, he said, we want to make sure, or he said for a long time, the liberal government hasn't been doing a good job. <laughs> it's been too lax. <laughs> of making sure, but he used this phrase, making sure that people follow the rules. Now, my question, I, I just noticed this listening to it this time. What rules? Which rules is he talking about? Like who created like I that that statement is is actually it's nonsense. So the statement they aren't following the rules, I think what he means by that are either the sort of rules that we've created in our mind, but he's not actually pointing to a standard of rules to say that they haven't been so that's that's deceptive because it seems that when he says that he's like listen they're rules they're rules for what you can and can't do on social media and mm -hmm. the government hasn't been doing a good job enforcing those rules but the truth is those rules don't exist yeah that just exists in his mind he's creating something that's an <laughs> so, apparition so, of rules so just understand this jagmeet singh is saying trudeau's liberal communist regime has not done a good enough job curbing yep. freedom of speech they're only He's... regular communists they're not super <laughs> that's why that's why i when i say yes. those words that we we get a lot of, we do get feedback it's not a ton but we do get feedback about why we say what we say is it inflammatory why is it you know and and so in this instance i'll say i chose those words very intentionally yeah. Because the Liberal Party, which functions communistically, is being it's it's being said of them from the NDPs, they're not bad enough. So clearly, what we're dealing with are two different levels of of socialism and communism: the regular kind and the super variety. Which is <laughs> yeah. what he's saying. We want them to be super duper communists. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, not only is he is he making this garbage up and you can tell like he can hardly get a two sentences out of his mouth without going um ah uh, blah blah so he talks about foreign interference being the predicate for government to step in and further censor freedom of speech on private platforms that idea that there's somehow Russian information and Russian bots that are proliferating misinformation widely across the internet has been thoroughly debunked. The, the right. amount of people that were influenced by this information coming from Russian disinformation bots or intelligence agencies was less than the daily, like less than half of the daily wires um, it, it, impressions that they get on social media for one month so that's something that we have to understand is this has thoroughly been blown out of proportion all the they've done myriads of myriads of uh, investigations on this stuff as it pertains to the donald trump situation all this nonsense but well, yeah that's what they said during the convoy too right during the convoy what was the lie the lie was international foreign it's, Which it's was proven not to be the case by CSIS so Canada. The, they throw the straw man out, hoping that it sticks because the language, when you hear that, anyone who's been alive for the last five years understands, oh, Trump-Russia collusion. So there's yeah. all this baggage associated with foreign interference. And so they'll throw it out. It's unsubstantiated. And we have evidence that it is not the first time 
that our elected officials have made the claim of foreign interference and it's total garbage. Mm -hmm. we, we, no. we have that truth. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. And that's because with things like 9-11, we saw with the Patriot Act, all that stuff, governments understood, hey, we can we can cram down draconian measures on our people as long as we couch it in the idea that we're keeping your you safe from foreign threats because that it would actually be a proper an appropriate use of the the government sword right uh we understand that but th this is used as a boogeyman to create all sorts of draconian laws and erode your freedoms based off of a f insane false narrative that you can tell in his words he doesn't believe what he's saying but he's using it as a way to create this narrative that government has to do what is always called for by new democrats <laughs> every solution to every problem from communists is the government has to step in and more. do and do more things and, and more, crack and down more on money, more of your freedoms and more control. Yeah, bigger, yes, bigger government is always the answer. So foreign interference nonsense. The amazing part is what he's saying is given what's going on in Twitter now with Elon Musk running the show, with him getting rid of all these leftist activists who have been calling things misinformation that are not misinformation can we um, i hate that word man i want i, I want I, oh i, I know I, is, is, it, is that word is it ever going to be retired like if the idea yeah. of misinformation it's as 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 to, to be thrown out as a silencing tool right it's the yes. same thing as saying racist and misogynistic it's <laughs> just thrown out because i've i've been alive for the last two years and this has been my personal experience that almost a hundred percent of what was labeled misinformation that I shared and posted and, 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 and brought to people in conversation on social media in the first year and a half of the COVID madness, it was all labeled misinformation. 100% of, of it, everything about masks, mm -hmm. everything about lockdowns, everything about the jab, Everything about virology. I remember getting into heated debates with people trying to convince me, no, 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 no. Uh, COVID is through droplets. It's not through aerosols. I mean, like, are you like, do not, what do you mean it's not through aerosols? What do you, so anyways, and it was all misinformation. And here's what I know. Two and a half, three years later, everything that, labeled, <laughs> everything that was misinformation is now Oh, now we see it's true. And so yeah. when they say misinformation, they it's 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 bizarro language. Yeah. They don't mean misinformation. <clears throat> they mean we don't like what you're saying. <laughs> well, we don't like what you're saying because it cuts against our narrative and agenda. Yeah. And we think that it doesn't help us to exert the kind of control we want mm -hmm. to. Yeah. So we'll label it misinformation. It's 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 mm -hmm. it's a garbage word, and when you hear it. You should throw your arms up in in utter anger yeah. and yell out at the person. No, don't yell at the person, but just tell them. If someone says misinformation, just call them a commie. That's and, all. Just and, re re respond in kind. And we have to understand that if we think it's the government's responsibility to keep us safe from misinformation, we are saying, whether we are going to say it this explicitly or not, it's the government's responsibility to be our brain. And our parents. 
because I do have that responsibility in some regard. I do have the responsibility to, to <laughs> prevent my children from exposure to information or materials that might be harmful and deceptive before I'm ready to broach but that that's, subject. But that's given, that's given but the, the fact that they're right. not at an age of maturity, that they're right. properly able to discern good and from only for bad, right from wrong. That's not for their teachers. It's not for other people. It's only parents <laughs> have been given that responsibility yeah. to guard young, yes. impressionable minds from information in order that they might be shaped correctly. So yes. the government wants to be our brain. The government wants to be our dad. The government wants to be our God, which again, what So you're their child. That's yeah, that's, what 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 particular system of, of governance normally has <coughs> government saying Com I want to be I God have this and frog dad. in my throat today right. and it's it's not a cold. Time, no. It's a, it's it's, it's a communism. Cold. I have communism it's, stuck it's, in my throat. Have you seen have you seen those memes where people are clenching their hearts and they're and they're communism. they're over and it's like oh, no they're like oh I I, I have a coincidence. Oh, yeah. I'm suffering from climate change. So that's yeah. that's what Matt has. Matt has a bad taste yeah. of the co of communism. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. Can someone, by the way, anyone who's watching <clears throat> this episode, not even listening, but if you're watching this episode and you're really good at putting memes together or gifts together, there's like some real bangers in this episode. I have to say <laughs> as well, I, I want to say, I want to be clear now. I need to, I need to pin this with an asterisk. That if you're good at any kind of graphic design, if you do T-shirts or if you do memes, can you can someone please put together a really really good Jagmeet Singh meme that says <laughs> thumbs up on the beard, thumbs down on the communism? Yeah, that's so yeah. good. Like I, if you if if anyone out there, if you make that sticker, if you make that decal, if you put that on a mug or a T-shirt, thumbs up on the beard, thumbs down on the communism with the picture of Jagmeet Singh's face. Please, I will. I will wear that on the show. Yeah, I will wear that out in public. I will mm -hmm. drink from that mug. Someone, please meme this episode. There's some Matt. You have been where, where, where <laughs> you lacking? I'm sick, you, I think exactly. You're lacking in the speech because of the cold. Um, you are. You are crushing it in the meme department. We have to understand, Andrew. Too what he's calling for is. It's amazing to me that he's calling for more government interference and free speech on a private platform because Twitter is under Elon Musk's uh, governance and no longer under the arbitrary left-wing rule of the Twitter executives like Yoel Roth, who's soft on pederasty. Um, but this is – he's not talking about what was is actually coming out from the Twitter files, right? He's saying, oh, but there's going to be more misinformation. There's going to be more speech that we don't like as politicians on these platforms. Therefore, the government has more of a responsibility to step up and regulate this content. What's actually being released in the Twitter files is showing that Governments already were doing what he's talking about, yeah, but they were doing time. it behind the scenes that mm -hmm. that governments and, and political um, campaigns were working with Twitter to suppress content, to suppress stories, to suppress individuals, to kick, you know, literally Donald Trump, the, the, the president of the United States of America off the platform to secretly shadow ban and blacklist content to 
They were literally working with the FBI to be a, a, a subsidiarity of that group. They were working with the CIA. All of this was to prevent misinformation, so-called, from getting out to, to people. Um, they worked quietly with the Pentagon in a covert um, online PSYOP campaign. That's coming out from these stories. Um, what we're actually seeing is Twitter rigged, worked with government officials to rig the COVID debate. All these things are examples of Twitter being a, an organ of big government to do the bidding of the regime. And what he's lamenting is that Twitter is no longer that. That's that's what's crazy. That what he's saying. So he knows that. So what he's basically yes. saying is that's not happening anymore. We and need to we, officially we, make sure it's happening. We want it to happen. And and there's also a little bit of a because the the, the liberals and the NDPs <laughs> have their supply and confidence agreement. And so we we've seen we're seeing this a little bit with Bill C twenty one here in Canada with the amending, you know, the 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 hand or the firearms gun control legislation here in Canada. We've seen little little snippets of the NDPs who have to, they have to feign, and they have to, they have to bend over backwards to be allies to everything indigenous in Canada. So because you have various indigenous groups that have spoken out against Bill C-21, you have Jagmeet Singh saying, uh, we may not support, we're probably not going to support Bill C-21 in its current form. Yeah. This smells like that a little bit too, that he's basically saying, you know, liberals, you can't push whatever you want without us, right? If, if, if we don't come alongside, you can't push your legislation. Therefore, if you want to push your legislation... You need to be. You need to make Twitter like it used to be. You need to crack down. And this all. This, by the way, while Bill C eleven has just passed its third reading in the Senate, mm -hmm. which means it only needs to go to the committees for consideration, and then that's it. Yeah, and then yeah. That, it's law in Canada. So this is <laughs> this... happening in the background while he's saying crack down, yeah. crack down, while they're about <laughs> to give the CRTC vague and vast powers over the internet that they already have over radio and television. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's wow. like it, it, the context in which Jagmeet is saying the liberal government's not doing enough to curb free speech shows his hand. He wants the government to be the sole benefactor of giving information to the public. There's no doubt about it. And, Matt, and, and what, what political system yeah. of governance usually <coughs> operates in that way Communism. Okay. Com com All right. Again, it's just right here. It's you know they make Buckley's Caught at the windpipe. Buckley's. It's, <laughs> it's when they say Buckley's. Well, uh, because it's it's William F. Buckley's, right? <laughs> William F. Buckley's cough syrup. That's a little bit of inside baseball for anyone who understands conservative <laughs> economics. But really, William F. Buckley's makes a really really good cough syrup. It'll just get all that. It'll yeah. help to. Uh, it's a has a great expectorant. 
get all that communism <laughs> yes. out of you. That's another great meme. Can someone please put together <laughs> oh. a, a bottle of Buckley's that says William F. Buckley's and it'll help to write <laughs> it, it. It tastes it tastes terrible, but it gets the communism. Andrew, out. you might have to just do this. You're may, the meme I may, creator. I may do it on my own, but I want to <laughs> leverage our audience because I'm sure there are people out there who are artistically minded who someone actually actually sent me a T-shirt of something that uh, – something that I'd said, some interesting thing, sent me really <laughs> neat. Anyway, so more of that is good. More of that is yes. really great because it's, it shows that you listen and you enjoy. But to, yeah, on a, on, a, on a more serious note as we kind of wrap this this particular story up, it, it, it looks benign. Seeing that looks fairly innocuous. But if we understand – you know, we're we're celebrating the one year anniversary of Bill C four becoming law, which is why we're having another Biblical Sexuality Sunday, and we will every year. Bill C eleven is going to become law very soon. It'll make its way through the Senate. Mm-hmm. Bill C twenty one is the gun control issue. Speaking about Twitter, Jordan Peterson is unless unless his petition is successful it almost looks like he is going to be losing his license to practice as a psychiatrist because of spreading misinformation him needing to have social media (laughs) etiquette and so this is happening in our country right now right the 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 college of physicians is saying give your give your patients psychotherapy and drugs if they're vaccine hesitant this is all it's happening right now in canada so this is just another Another picture of when we use the words, I remember having a discussion with some people in my family a year ago, mm-hmm. when I used the words tyranny and totalitarianism with in, in relation to our Canadian government. And they said, what are you talking about? That's inflammatory. This isn't, there are countries where you really have tyranny. I'm like, okay, fair enough. But we can distinguish between soft totalitarianism and hard totalitarianism, first of all. And second of all, tyranny doesn't only apply when you actually have murderous imprisonment of dissidents. A father can be a tyrant. A father in a home can be a tyrant. An employer can be a tyrant simply by nature. They're definitions of tyrant. It doesn't mean murders everyone. It's just arbitrary rule. It's arbitrary rule. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing tyranny from our, our elected officials and no. We need to start using this language to clearly mark out what we're seeing. It is communistic. <clears throat> it is tyrannical. No, no. I just want a, a point of Christian apologetics that I can put in here. Without a objective standard of right and wrong, all rule is subjective and a matter of power politics, and therefore it all amounts essentially to tyranny it's only within the christian worldview where you have an objective standard that a law that governs both the the governor and the governee likewise where you can actually have limitations on power and you can actually identify some power as illegitimate and tyrannical so i just want to point that out there um, but why would we be surprised that an ungodly, evil communist like Jagmeet Singh would be for tyranny because he is for arbitrary rule and uh, he's for arbitra- arbitrary socialistic communistic rule? 
But it's amazing that given all that's going on, Andrew, uh, with the Trudeau res- regime of curbing free speech in Canada, that Jake Meat Singh is saying they need to do more. They need to go farther instead of just working behind the scenes um, to create all to capture all these uh, private entities. We actually have to put the fascism into law. That's what we have to do. That's what he's calling for. He's an insane man, terrible politician, good beard. But I digress. Let's press forward. So discussions about worldview are important. We got to talk about worldview. We have to talk about foundational things. And when we're talking about worldview, good ones and bad ones, we want to highlight and celebrate and we want to call attention to friends that have good worldview principles. And one important aspect of a worldview has to do with money and finances and stewardship. And so we need to talk about our friends over at Rocklink Investment Partners. With inflation at 40-year highs and economic stagflation on the horizon, growing and preserving your hard-earned capital is of utmost importance. Rocklink Investment Partners understand the investment challenges of today. Rocklink is an independent investment management firm focused solely on creating portfolios of high-quality businesses anchored to the time-tested principles of value investing and do not shy away from essential businesses that do not meet the World Economic Forum definition of ESG. Email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them at www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C, R-O-C-K-L-I-N-C, rocklink.com. For our third and final story, or technically our second story, because the weekend review would have been our first international story, we have a guest with us. We have Pastor Ben Inglis. Ben Inglis is an elder at Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, Ontario. Ben is an all-round upstanding guy who's only ever been arrested for praying for police officers during the convoy protest in Ottawa. Ben's a gifted writer. You can find his work along with others at hillcitybaptistchurch.substack.com. I highly recommend getting you some of Ben Inglis's work. It's really, really good stuff. He and his wife, Melissa, have three children. Ben, thank you so much for joining us on the Liberty Dispatch on such short notice. It's, uh, it's great to have this conversation with you today. Good to meet you, brother. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting me. So there is an event that's taking place this Saturday, January 14th, and it's curiously timed. I mean, Sunday is Biblical Sexuality Sunday. Uh, today, as of time, as we're filming this, Josh Alexander, who's a student in Renfrew, is being banned from going to his classroom because he has said that boys are boys and girls are girls and you cannot have boys and girls bathrooms. And so... We're actually representing him. James Kitchen is going to be representing him. So we have a potential interview with him coming out tomorrow where this is an, a huge issue that's happening today. Police might have to actually pull him out of the classroom because he's not mm. allowed to be there. So we have all mm. this happening in the course of this week. And so I want to read from the Facebook event page. And then we're going to just ask some questions and get some comment from you. So this is from the Facebook event page. On Saturday, January 14th, the Peterborough Public Library will be hosting a drag queen story time with the target audience being children as young as two years old. 
Though the event is being promoted as a fun and harmless diversion, one of the primary intentions of these programs is to make children comfortable with the idea of, quote, gender fluidity, end quote. Though much could be said about the insanity of inviting adult entertainers to facilitate a children's story hour, here is a more fundamental evil. Children are being lied to. Children are being told that biolog biological reality can and must submit to whatever reality they choose for themselves. So the first question we wanted to ask you, I mean, the, the library's nuts. Radical gender ideology is destructive. At the top of the show, I read from Proverbs 24, where it says that we're required to save the innocent and the young from slaughter and from destruction, mm -hmm. which is which is what we believe that, that that you are seeking to do. So what is it that happens at a drag queen story hour protest? What is it that you guys are doing out in front of the library? Tell us a little bit about what goes on. Yeah, so we've only done one of these before because that's the first time this kind of event has happened. That was back in September. And uh, my friend Paul Lawton, who's run for the PPC party here in Canada, he reached out and said, hey, this is going on. Uh, you know, do you want to do something about this? And um, I thought, hey, you know, let's just let's show up, at least with our church and um, and a few others who were invited. And let's just be a um, a presence of objection to this insanity. Right. Um, the reality of protests is that they're not ideal centers of dialogue. As soon as you have people weighing, waving, you know, signs, um, even if they're not inflammatory, whatever it is, it's like your island of discussion and dialogue is, is very small. And it's, it's tragic that we're at the point in culture where we have to, really the only voice left to us is protest. Um, you know, conservatives have been pushed out of uh, media, um, pretty much everywhere, politics. I'm talking about actual conservatives, not just fiscal conservatives, uh, um, socially conservatives with actual convictions. Uh, they've been pushed out of all mediums. So we're at the point now where um, we as, as pastors, as adults, as concerned citizens, um, you know, at any point, there's any number of things we could be protesting. But we felt that this kind of radical ideology being aimed at very young children who are who don't even understand what's going on, who are in the midst of development, being normalized to, you know, this hairy chested dude in a tank top. This is all normal. Uh, and and, you know, the exaggerated sexuality, just all around drag events. We thought, okay, this is a threshold that we need to to uh, to stand up at. Um, we need to say something to. And so, as far as the actual execution of the protest, um, it's very simple. We, we we've uh, we've decided to rely um, mainly on signs. Uh, because you can't shout down a sign. Kind of what we ran into last time was I had tried to explain. I brought a little uh, microphone, you know, that I bought on Amazon. 
again, I'm not very technologically adept here, but just to explain why we were doing this and, you know, I had a, a, someone right in front of me just screaming in my face, like you, you can't um, explain yourself in that kind of context. So we, we have uh, encouraged people to bring signs. We've, we've made some suggestions of what you could put on those signs, um, you know, versus we really want to communicate that we aren't merely a socially conservative uh, movement. Um, I, I, I thank God for them as far as that goes, but this is a principled objection based on the reality of, based on biblical reality. And that it, this whole discussion is really a discussion about authority. So we're very much about bringing scripture to bear on this situation. Um, so we're going to uh, signs. I still want to say something, probably only a minute this time. And we're going to sing some Psalms. Um, and, you know, singing is, is a great way to, to kind of push back against this kind of evil. Yeah, because it highlights your jo- joy, your sh- sure foundation. And let's be honest, they're war songs too. So it's yeah. it's appropriate in in this cultural clash that you're you're singing those those war songs as well. And um, I'm thankful that that you're stepping up. That the the people who are part of your church and and other like minded uh, people in the area are stepping up and pushing back against, as you've made mention this. This type of entertainment that was once, you know, relegated to CD bars in in um, dark alleys or, you know, now it's being normalized. It's being put at the forefront of society. And it's all with this ideological goal of grooming uh, young children into this um, ideology, into this idea of gender fluidity. So. Ben, what is the kind of hope that can come from this uh, protest? You're saying not the ideal venue. Like we would rather have more in depth um, one-on-one conversations or even, you know, have us on a talk show, you know, let's have better, more civil discussions, but we've been so marginalized and our voice has been so, uh, you know, muted in society uh, that we we're kind of left to going out there putting signs up, wearing sandwich boards and, and um, protesting these things. What's the hope that can come from, from what you guys are doing uh, in protesting these shows that are taking place in libraries? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So our hope, our conviction, um, which we've repeatedly seen played out in the last two years is that courage is contained and is contagious. Um, when we were in the middle of lockdowns, you know, we kind of felt alone um, in our city and and even in in the province. It seemed the the narrative seemed monolithic, and and how could you even think about pushing back against this? And then you know we started hearing from Joe Boot and Aaron Rock and Jacob Rayom and James Coates, and it was like, yeah, there's other people saying something. And that is the nature of courage. It's also the nature of fear. Fear is like leaven. It's like yeast in a dough. A little bit can ruin the whole thing. And courage is the same way. So, so we're hoping, and by the way, we never expected this to blow up like it has. Um, I'm not naturally a, a confrontational 
person. Um, I don't love being in the spotlight. I don't like being quoted in the Toronto star, um, you know, kind of out of an isolated context. Um, and, and, and the funny thing about I was telling my wife this last night about courage is that you always kind of admire and you look at these, you know, the past greats and the present ones and say, wouldn't it be nice to be able to make a stand and to have courage and to be a hero? Um, not just for yourself, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's glorifying to God when you stand for truth. But when you're in the midst of it, you don't feel courageous. You feel outnumbered and overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I haven't slept well. It's, it's not a fun place to be. You feel like David in many of the Psalms crying out like, Lord, have mercy on me and cause us to stand in the midst of this because it does feel like we are the minority here. So that's, that's a big thing just to be a voice of principled objection. Um, this, this thing has spiraled so quickly out of control and drag has been kind of assumed into mainstream narrative because no one is saying anything. And part of that's because that we don't really have a voice anywhere. But it, the other part is like, we're just not used to saying anything. I think as the church, um, you know, we kind of hide away and, and there is a danger of being kind of pulled aside from your your main responsibilities to all of the evil that's going on in culture. And there's a lot of it, but at some point you just have, you can't escape from the fact that you just have to, you have to do something. You have to act. You have to say, this is wrong. If, if not for us, at least for the sake of these kids, right. Who are just growing up in these echo chambers of, of death. Well, these, I mean, and, and I want to ask you this, this question, um, and but before I ask regarding the Hamilton Spectator piece that was written last week, the truth is that it's this kind of ideology or it's this kind of, oh, you, the idea of gender fluidity, it's from one to the other, there's no distinctions, yeah. is exactly the sort of thing that supports or that encourages children castrating themselves and sterilizing themselves, effectively destroying their lives they can't have kids. The psychological damage is irreparable. Yeah. And the physiolog physiological damage of stunting puberty and what that'll do to bones and muscle development, it's you can't reverse that. And so, you know, I, I didn't – when I read at the top of the show as we were talking about the stories, I read it from, from top, Proverbs 24.11. And that's often a verse that's used – in the pro-life movement, and rightfully so, to say we we want to legitimately stop these babies from being slaughtered and the innocent. But I think it's appropriately used here as well, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to stop or prevent or help so the children don't actually destroy their bodies and their lives. They are being, boys and girls are being slaughtered by an ideology, and we're trying our best to to, to reach out and stop that from happening. Did you, yeah. did you read the Hamilton spectator piece that came out last week? I, I didn't. I, I've, I've been trying to a bit, a, take a bit of a news fast. There's only so much dumpster diving I can do into. <laughs> so the, the piece, and the comment piece threads. Yeah. Yeah. The piece wasn't specifically about the drag story hour, but what, yeah. what the, the author was trying to get across was that, we're we're misusing grooming when we're talking about drag story hours that it's not a technical definition of grooming and his his basic thesis is that 
white supremacist alt-right groups will use the straw man of grooming in order to push their radical racist agenda. And so the question yeah. that, that I kind of have for you is, okay, so it may not be the case that the man inside the library wants to actually, that he himself wants to have sex with one of those children. It may be the case. It might be, but it may not be. So therefore, it's not technically grooming according to their narrow definition. But could we look at what's happening in Drag Queen Story Hours and say, no, this is most definitely grooming. And if so, why would we say it is, even though they would try to label us white supremacists? Yeah. And and I, to be fair, I don't know the precise definition of grooming. Perhaps there would be a better term to use. But the idea of the definition of normalization and desensitization is to expose someone to something, uh, you know, less explicit and then increasingly more explicit and to kind of deaden their uh, immediate impulse to, to recoil against that, against it. So the bird, as far as I'm concerned, you know, everyone gets up in arms. This isn't a grooming thing. And yes, maybe your intention is not to groom these kids, but that is the necessary, what the necessary conclusion of exposing kids to adult sexuality, even if it's in a domesticated form at this point, will be the result that kids are more comfortable around adult sexuality. And the burden of proof lies on people who say this isn't grooming to explain why the slippery slope in this case is a fallacy. Because 10 years ago, um, saying that drag queens shouldn't be reading stories to young kids or kids shouldn't be around drag culture at all would not have been controversial at all and yet here we are 10 years down the road this is a thing this is this is great everyone's celebrating parents can't get their kids fast enough to the library to to, to show them these drag queens so explain to me how this will not lead to an increasing comfortability uh, with sexuality and kids, like the, the the purpose of kind of the cultural Marxism that we're increasingly seeing everywhere is to is to bring in from the fringes the suppressed minorities, right? Mm-hmm. And pedophiles are one of those suppressed minorities. That's what they would call themselves as. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kind of activist kind. Yeah. Um, and 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 part of what we need to do as liberators and activists is bring in these people from the fringe, bring in these ideas and these narratives from the fringe. So I don't even think people we're so short sighted these days. We don't know anything about history. Mm-hmm. I talked to these protesters about, you know, drag is inherently a sexual culture. They look at me like I'm from Mars. It's like mm-hmm. like they actually know nothing about what they're doing, like the origins, the nature, it's all sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, talked and, about the, and, we and, at the Hamilton spectator piece, even the, even the makeup, right? We mentioned this in a show last week, even the makeup, the red lips, the blush yeah. is designed to accentuate what happens while while you have intercourse, like the, 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 the blood kind of the, the, the flushing of the skin like this, this is it's designed to simulate it's designed to accentuate what happens 
when sex is taking place. It's not just to, oh, highlight my cheekbones, but it is designed to make it appear like, oh, this is what happens when these things are going on. It's it's riddled with mm-hmm. sexualization and people who, like you said, Ben, people who deny that are so ignorant of not just the history, but just what's plainly evident. Well, well, ironically, designed to do something. Ironically, Andrew, they've been desensitized to, as Ben put it, this kind of incremental Marxification of our culture through cultural Marxism and neo-Marxist like evolutionary socialism and they don't understand that they've been a frog slowly boiled in water over a long period of time now that so so much that their affections are now out of whack their 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 consciences are seared they can't understand right from wrong good from evil and that's the really tragic part of this because i don't know a lot of these mothers and these fathers who are promoting these things are doing it from an ideological bent or they're maleficent in what they're doing, but they have themselves been indoctrinated and desensitized to this through shows like RuPaul's Drag Queen, like all these things. They've just been slowly normalized over time that why wouldn't I find this fun and exciting? Why wouldn't I bring my children to something that I find fun and exciting and they've been it just goes to show you how this can happen to to adults so how much more than is the uh child susceptible to being groomed to being indoctrinated to being shaped and molded into these ideologies if it can happen to their parents this this is the, the the really sinister thing it's like at least as adults, if you've been introduced to this whole thing later in life, you still have some semblance of, although I think you can lose that. And like you say, your, your conscience be seared. It's like, this is, this is not real. Like yeah, this is kind pretend. of, yeah. they know what's pretend, mm-hmm. but when you act like this is completely normal to a two, a three-year-old and they're growing up around these, it's like, you, you have, like you've said, like you, you've, permanently damaged them like you you're not actually you're raising them in lies and and like that's i can't imagine how profoundly destabilizing would be for a young child to just uh you know no johnny you're not actually a, a boy or you might not be a boy you might be a girl and just these insane things but, oh, I guess mom and dad told it to me. My teacher told it to me. I guess it must be true, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's and, and that's why we're thankful that you guys are speaking out. You guys are pushing back. And we're thankful that uh, here on the Liberty Dispatch, Liberty Coalition Canada more broadly can be a voice for people like yourself, Ben, for churches, for concerned social conservatives across our nation to speak up and push back because – it's true. Despite all the left's talk about being marginalized and all these marginalized groups, yeah. the voice that has truly been marginalized actively in our society is any voice that is left of, of Stalin or Mao, apparently, or right, sorry, right, right of those ideologies. So it's um, it's important that we're doing these things that we're speaking up. We're 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 pushing back. We're yeah, interposing between the victim and the violence. Um, yeah, so we're so thankful that you can do that. Your church can be a part of that, and and concerned citizens in Peterborough can can push back. Can you tell people where they can get 
uh, more of you, more of what you guys are doing um, so that they can, if they want to partake in, in the protests, if they want to join and support, how can they do all that stuff? Yeah, well, we have um, a, again, a Facebook event page. Um, I haven't been doing a lot of active advertising, which is, again, another surprise that this has just blown up the way it has. But that's kind of our main, our main go-to thing, kind of where we're meeting, what time, you know, what to bring. Uh, it's literally, if you, if you go on the Facebook search uh, tool and type in uh, uh, Peterborough drag story protest hour, it, it, it will be the only one I guarantee that comes up. <laughs> we'll have a link so in that, the show notes as well. It's at the bottom. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes for people okay. to find it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so that would be the that would be the main that would be the main thing. And yeah, anyone who's available who feels compelled, um, feel free to show up. I think it's going to be a bit of a gong show. Um, <laughs> they're they're bringing in activists from Ottawa and Toronto, and it, it for some reason this event seems like a a touchstone event. So we'll see. Yeah. Go support. Leave the F Trudeau flags home. Yes. Yeah, really. That would be yeah. that, that, would, that, that would be good. We can get rid of that those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Don't want to mur- muddy the waters more than they are and we want to be yes. clear in, in what we're actually protesting and what we're actually against. So, Ben, thank you so much, brother, for coming on. It was a pleasure meeting you and uh we're so thankful for the work you're doing, um the 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 voice that your church is in Peterborough and that uh that area and we just pray that um, the event will will go over well, that it will be, if not received well, um, that it will still be a good um, a beacon, a shining light that there is a group of individuals that are are pushing back against this darkness in, in, in your society. And I hope everybody's safe and okay and it doesn't spiral out of control as some of these things can possibly yeah. be. So we'll hope for peaceable times and hopefully there will be an, a chance for you guys to dialogue with uh with some people even if it's just isolated individuals here and there um yeah. we pray that the gospel will go forth that the truth will be proclaimed and, and that um your work will not be for vain amen yeah awesome. so 10 a.m is when you're asking people to be there yeah yes, okay well, good. ben i'll see you saturday at 10 a.m i'll be there to uh not only cover this, but uh, make sure that you guys are safe. Thanks, Andrew. See you then. Well, I'm thankful for Ben and for the guys at Hill City Baptist Church and Paul Lawton as well. He's running, uh, like Ben said, he's uh, the PPC candidate for their area. So it'll be nice to see Paul and Ben and connect with them. I was at the first one that they had at the library. It was, a, you know, like Ben said, it was a smaller group of them there at the time. They had some signs and they sung and they were trying to explain what they were doing and some completely obnoxious people were in their faces screaming and yelling and being obscene and the counter protesters outnumbered them maybe three to one. It was it was it was quite the scene and, and you could see a picture of who was being reasonable and who was actually being peaceful and then who was being obnoxious and inflammatory. And it was clearly laid out. So I'm curious to see how it will go this Saturday. You know, like Ben said, I've been hearing stories as well of 
large numbers of counter protesters being brought in from quite a bit away in order to overwhelm, you know, and Ben, Ben said, he's, he's curious as to why, what is it, you know, that makes this a touchstone. And I think the, the answer to the question is this is what happens when you say that false gods are false gods. And when you take those idols and throw them to the ground, that the people who worship those gods become rather violent and angry <laughs> and emotional. That we see that in the book of Acts, is. right? When right. Paul, Paul's That's preaching the gospel, uh, you have all the guilds and the labor unions of the day get together and he's ruining our livelihoods. And then right. they riot and freak out because he's um, he's preaching the gospel. I so mean, the God, the, the God of consequence-free, radical sexual enjoyment is a false god that destroys lives. Mm-hmm. And, and Ben children. and Paul and the people at Hill City Baptist are have said rightly, your god is a false god. The true and living god, his law only abounds. And they've taken the false god and they've thrown it to the ground and they've shown it to be just a piece of stone or a piece of wood. But those people who worship that god, who worship them because they made the god, right? They... It's a God in their own image. It's a God in their own likeness because they like consequence-free, radical sexual enjoyment. So because it's been thrown to the ground, their response is not, oh, I guess it's a false God, but it's a doubling and tripling down. How dare you say our God's a false God? And they're angry and they'll get violent. And this is why we're seeing what we're seeing. And the reason why it's even bigger this time is because they hoped that the massive counter-protest and the way it was covered in the media would shut these Christians up and make them (laughs) run away. But no, 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 no. They'll obey God rather than man. So because they haven't been silenced, this response will be even bigger and even noisier. So I'll, uh, I plan on being there on Saturday. I'm going to try to cover it, maybe get some sound clips from people as well, and hopefully write an article for Christian week about this event. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, Side note, uh, for our audience, if you haven't already, make sure you head over to christianweek.org, sign up and subscribe to receive their weekly e-newsletter. There are, you know, I'm writing some articles for Christian Week. Um, There's other contributors as well who've been writing some articles, people you might know, people friendly to the show. And so don't only sign up for our thing at libertycoalitioncanada.com, but head over to christianweek.org, sign up for the e-newsletter, read some of the stories. We have stories coming out about the pregnancy care centers in Canada having their charitable status removed. We have an article coming out about Biblical Sexuality Sunday. We plan on doing an article about the Drag Queen Story Hour protest in Peterborough. So head over there. Get connected with Christian Week. You're going to find more good content there. And if all of our subscribers, listeners, media news people head over to Christian Week and start consuming the content that's going up there, that'll be really great. Absolutely, man. And this is, again, another reason why you need to support the work that we're doing here with the Liberty Coalition Canada, because as Ben talked about, we don't have a voice in culture. But as we've said many times, we are that voice now. We are creating um, different outlets, different programming that are going to push back against um, the prevailing narrative of our day, the insane media bias um, and the legacy media's um, smearing of just honest, good 
intentioned parents who want to protect children from radical sexualization, from queering um, our culture, all those things, we are here to push back against that. And that's why we would uh, ask that if you, you would prayerfully consider leaving a donation, um, scanning that QR code at the bottom of the page or going to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate to help support what we're doing here because we need to continue to interpose, to speak up and speak out, to be a light shining into the darkness, um, to be salt that is preserving um, culture and to to be that light that dispels darkness. And we have to understand, it, though, like Ben said, and I've uh, doing pro-life activism, I've done a lot of protests. I've had eggs thrown at me. Uh, people spit at me. Uh, you know, all sorts of things have happened. Um, but just a little bit of light dispels a great amount of darkness. And we have to stand fast, take courage, lean on our rock and our redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, read those Psalms, sing those Psalms, proclaim the gospel. We need to be a voice in our culture to rescue those, those victims of this culture of death, lest history report that while all these things were happening, we were silent. Um, that would be shameful. We, as Ben talked about, we look at heroes of history who have taken a stand, who have pushed back, who have done these extraordinarily ignorant things that we we talk about that they're 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 captured in the annals of time. The fact of the matter is, they were just ordinary people who knew the time and who acted appropriately in that time. And that's what we're calling for: ordinary people to do the right thing. So, thank you so much for tuning into the program. We really love doing these shows. We hope you benefit from them. We want to hear from you directly. So if you want to reach out to us again, that's um, info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. So we would encourage you to go over there and to reach out to us directly with any comments, questions, and concern. And we also would just ask that you would share this uh, programming widely, that if you can get, get down to Peterborough, um, if you're a pastor, partake in Biblical Sexuality Sunday and we just pray that you would continue to get involved and continue to get active in your sphere of influence for the glory of God. And we appreciate you tuning in. As we say at the end of every program, Galatians 5, 1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.